And when he had finished every temptation, the devil departed him for a time. The devil is known by many different names in Scripture, uh, by the evil one, Satan, the ancient serpent, or as we'll hear later in today's sex, the, the, ancient, the ancient tempter. Um, many different names, but they all, all come back to the same sort of prince of darkness. The Holy Father, Pope Francis, loves to, he refers to the devil quite readily in, in a lot of his talks because he knows he's prowling around and quite readily taking the attention of many people, although they don't realize it. He calls him the father of all lies. The father of all lies. It's very powerful. It uh, really captures the essence of what the devil does. Um, the great uh, Father Henry Nouwen, um, both Catholic priest and theologian and, and great author, uh, in reflecting on this very scripture passage, uh, speaks of these lies. He calls them the foundational lies that he attacks, that he attacks Jesus with. And, and they're threefold. And they're the, the foundation of all the other lies that the devil tells us in our lives on an ongoing basis, albeit more subtle for us today. And here, here they are. He says, is that we are what we do. Change this stone into bread. We are what we have. I should give you all the power and the glory of the kingdoms. And you are what other people say you are. Throw yourself off the temple and let everyone marvel how the angels catch you and you are glorious so that everyone will talk about you. And Jesus refuses all three temptations because he knows, he knows that he is the son of God. And because he's the son of God, he doesn't need to do anything, have anything, or have anyone else say anything to realize that he is loved by his father completely and wholly. And, and, and because of that, he, uh, he knows that he is loved right through and through. And all his desire for the entirety of his life is to do the will of the father. And his whole life is defined. And that's what scripture of the New Testament is full of. But if we're honest with ourselves, we are tempted by those same three foundational temptations in our own life. If we just break it open for a moment, and they are the root of every other lie that the devil will tell us, albeit even more subtle in our life today. Let's talk about the first one. We are what we do. I mean, our own language often betrays this. People will, the first question we'll ask after asking their name is, do we say, what do you do? First thing we ask. And then we get caught up in comparing. Oh, you do that? Well, I do this. And we start comparing what we do. Then we start comparing how well we do it. Right? And then there's sort of a metrocracy starts to go on. And here's, you know, not that, like, you know, whether we're a CEO or whether we're a doctor, a surgeon, or whether we're a janitor, we tend to compare and sort of evaluate each other based upon what we do. Now, here's what I'm going to say, and it's going to be hard to hear, but I want you to hear it. There is nothing we can do that will make God love us anymore. And there's nothing we can do to make God love us any less. 
Now, I know that's hard to hear because we think to ourselves, oh, hold on. So then why would I bother doing any good things? Why not just do whatever I want if that's the way it is? Well, see, that's not the point. You see, like, here, here's the way to look at it. If, it. if a glass is full, it's full. You can't pour any more into it. It doesn't make any difference. It's already full. We are fully and completely loved by God. And there's nothing we can do to impress him anymore, to love us anymore. Because if, if he didn't love us completely, we wouldn't even exist. You see, he loves every single one of us into life and sustains us all the way through life. And we just need to let that sink in, and it's hard. I get it. But that's the truth. There's nothing we can do to change it. Now, I don't want you to hear that. We get off and we, don't, we can do anything we want. There's, let me get into that later. But that's not what that means. It means that we can't merit God's love. We can't earn our way to salvation. It's a complete and absolute free gift as God's grace. All right, the second one. We are what we have. Well, I mean, isn't it all of a secular society built on this? The whole economic engine is to buy more and get more. If you've got a small house, you need a bigger one for all the stuff. Because then you have so much stuff, you need a bigger house again. So we get them bigger. Or we have a new car, we need a different car. We have compared different cars. Farm cars and new cars, Teslas. We, the list goes on. And then we look at, uh, our, you know, just the... Uh, you know, the phones, like, you know, you move from iPhone, whatever number it is today, what is it, 12, 13, 14, I don't know, I lose track, right? You know what I mean. But now, all of those things are fine in and of themselves. None of them are bad, unless we think that somehow we're better because we have it, that I'm better because I have a 13 and you're not as good because you have a 10. I mean, and it betrays us. I remember, like, joking recently with one of my friends, he pulled out an iPhone 4, I look at it and went, can I touch it? I, I, that, and I was joking, but I betrayed my language. I got caught, I caught myself. I started to mock him for having a little four. I went, oh, that's so quaint. Look, at it looks like a little, little thing in my hand. Look. And I was betrayed. And the same thing happens to us, right? I get it. It just doesn't define who us are. We just need to understand that. That because of what we wear, like it just, it sounds so silly, but we need to say it out loud. If I'm wearing a certain type of pants or certain type of shoe, that somehow that makes me better. I mean, it, even just saying it out loud sounds absurd. But yet, that's what the, the engine of our society sort of goes on. It's a lie. It doesn't define us. And the last one is we are what people say we are. Well... Gosh, I live in Silicon Valley, you know, so this is the whole of the social media was built on this lie. I mean, we, you do understand that like all of the social media are built on the vices, right? It, that we, you want a number of likes, number of followers, a number of, all of that, we, we get caught up into that. And it was deliberately built like that. I mean, they, the founders of, like I know these people, they, they know what they did. And, and the founder of LinkedIn will admit that he built the company on vanity. I mean, that was a vice. He said, we built it on vice because nobody follows the virtues. Everyone will follow the vice. That's easy to capture. So we just need to understand the lies that are, that are built into us all the time. And we just need to understand. I mean, again, there, there's nothing bad about all that. We're looking online. We're relying on it now. Not a bad thing. It's just if we can't think that that's what defines us. And that's who we are. That's the lie. 
right? Does that make sense? There's a distinction. It's not what we do. It's if we think it, it makes us better. It does not. So you might think to yourself, well, great. Well, you know, what are we meant to do about all that? That's great, but how can you help us? Well, look, here's the, the church has been fighting the devil uh, for millennia. And in that time, we've learned a thing or two about it. And we've come up with, with sort of a, a cycle of how to beat down the devil and the father of his lies. And one of the ways we do it is called Lent. And we do this every year. And we roll out the same three things we do every year. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We know all of this, right? But why do we keep on doing it all the time? Because it works. That's why we do it. We've been around a while. We know what works. But what the problem is, we forget that it works because the devil wants us to not believe it. He wants us to stay in the darkness and to believe his lies. See, my friends, that's what we got to break. So right now, and the reason why I'm here is to start this, this Lenten journey for us here at St. Monica's with, with a deep uh, set of prayer. So we're going on a mission and a retreat to come to tomorrow night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And I'm, I'm inviting you to come to that, 7 to 8.30 each of those nights. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I'm too busy. See, that's the father of lies. You're not too busy. What are you busy about? What you do, what you have? Who other people say you have? See, that's the lie. So, so you have a choice to come and to go deeper into, into this retreat and deeper into prayer so that you can break and shatter the darkness that the Father of lies is cast over you so you can live in freedom and in the light. So that's what we're inviting you to do. So here's just a snippet of what we're doing. I call this the currents on the second half, uh, second mountain of life. The second mountain of life is a metaphor for being a disciple, right? The first mountain is that of living life for oneself. And, and so the, the second mountain is one of one living of a life for others. That's what discipleship's about. It's not about age or thing. But the second mountain of life even on that, we can go off track. You see, there, cairns are those markers that help us get up the mountain. They're, they're trails. They're this, this little thing here, this is a cairn, right? And, and it's built by others for others. See, it's not built for oneself. It's built, uh, and in our case, there are cairns on the second mountain built by the saints. They're markers that help us stay on the trail to get up the mountain, the second mountain. They're not my currents, they're the currents of the saints who've gone before us. So here's the five that I'm going to do. One is, the first is self-awareness, the second is humility, the third is love, the fourth is gratitude, and the fifth is joy. Now here's how you know if you need to go in this retreat. You can measure it, it's a pretty simple way. So, and, 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 and Pope Francis goes on about it. Let's start with the last. If he, he talks about joy. If we are not joy-filled in our life as a disciple on this second mountain, and what I mean by joy-filled, I, I, I don't mean sort of this sort of, sort of exuberance, happiness. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. I'm great. Thank you. I don't mean that. That's sort of plasticky, right? I'm talking about a joy that exudes out of your being before a word comes out. It shows and glows in your face. That's the joy. The joy of the gospel, knowing that you're living there. If you're not feeling that every day, then you've got to come back to the, the, sec, the next current back because we've, we've gone off track. So we have to get back. It's very hard. We've got to get back to gratitude. It's very hard to be joyful if you're not grateful. So you've got to go back to grateful and you have to look at if you're not grateful in your life about for all the things that are going on in your life, good and bad, good and bad. 
and grateful to God for all the people he's put in your life and for the gifts that he has in your life, then you've got to go back to the next current, the love. And if you're not feeling the love of God loving you for just who you are right now without having to do anything more, if you're not experiencing that love in your heart, then you've got to go back to the next current because we've gone off track. We've got to get back to humility for we realize that I've, I've made mistakes. That yes, I'm a good person, but I've also done bad things. I've said things and done things that I'm not proud of and that I need God's grace to stay on this, the trail of the second mountain. And if we don't feel humble enough to say that, then we go go back to the very first current, which is the trailhead. And that's self-awareness. Am I even on the second mountain? Or have I fooled myself to thinking that I am, and I'm just still living on the first mountain, wandering around in a self-centered world, thinking that I am somehow doing God's work. What I'm nothing but doing is serving myself. My friends, I invite you to come to the retreat and to take these four and a half hours over these next three days and share the time with one another. Come to church in person if you can. If you can't, we have it on live stream. And if you can't do that um, because you've got some other commitments that are beyond it, then I ask you to say a prayer. Say a prayer for all who do come, that they may find their way to the second mountain again, that they may find the right path and start to live life on fire again, the fire of Christ Jesus and his spirit in our hearts. Come join us in prayer.